Crude oil gave back all of the post-OPEC gains yesterday as Apple investors sold the stock at the record high after the company revealed a new $3,500 US dollar worth of a VR headset. The Reserve Bank of Australia, on the other hand, surprisingly raised its policy rate by 25 basis points at today's meeting as Bitcoin fell on Binance News. So welcome, this is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So first things first, crude oil fully paired post-OPEC gains yesterday. And if you watch these episodes quite often, well, you know that I am not surprised at all by the poor post-OPEC performance in oil prices. Because one, Saudi Arabia ended up finally being the only and the only OPEC member to cut its production at yesterday's meeting. Because well, they actually need higher oil prices to maintain their government finances together. And according to the IMF, Saudi Arabia apparently needs the barrel of US crude to be at least $80 per barrel level to balance its government budget and to fund projects to transform its economy. So even though Saudi Arabia is OPEC's biggest cartel member, while cutting its oil production unilaterally is obviously a dangerous bet for Saudi Arabia because if the output cuts well, don't lead to a significant price increase in the market, then Saudi Arabia will be earning less money because they will be selling less oil at, well, as apparently quite the same price than before. And this is what happened back in the 80s, right? Saudi cut alone its oil production and lost its market share to others. Today, there is not the same competition in the international oil market for pumping oil, but if Saudi Arabia's unilateral move to cut production and threats uh, to oil bears actually fail to push prices higher significantly, it will be hard for them to get what they wish from this deal. And for now, well, the bears apparently resist. Two, we don't know how long Saudi Saudi Arabia will actually walk alone because if Saudi Arabia is cutting its production alone, well, it could also boost its production alone as well. So that's a real world risk. And it's already happened back in 1980s when Saudi Arabia decided that they should simply boost production because cutting production alone just doesn't lead to higher prices. Three, giving African quotas to United Arab Emirates may not be smartest long-term move for OPEC because even though the African countries actually have been failing systematically to reach their already in place production quotas, and that was basically the reason why they lost them in the first place, well, lower production quotas cap their revenue potential and they obviously don't like it at all. And that's normal. So as a result, the bears, the oil bears took all these reasons into account yesterday and they said you know what nay we will just keep selling oil and here we are the barrel of american crude is now trading below the 72 dollar per barrel level this morning and the risks are now tilted to the downside because well the opec meeting was obviously the major major upside risk for the oil bears and it's kind of clear for now but 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 ubs for example revises brand target to 95 per barrel level for the year end, saying that following the OPEC cuts or the Saudi Arabia cuts, the global oil production should actually head back to around 100 million barrel per day, while demand is expected to reach something like 102 million barrels per day from June due to uh, the driving season in the US and the higher energy demand to cool down the buildings in 
the Middle East. Now, they say, so the UBS says that the global oil demand could outpace the global oil supply by 2 million barrels per day, and that would lead to declining oil inventories around the world and push prices higher. So we will see what happens. UBS has never stopped being ultra, ultra bullish regarding oil, and well, they haven't been right for the first five months of this year. Maybe they will be right for the last seven months. Anyway, oil stocks were a bit depressed at the start of this week, obviously, because Exxon tested the 200-day moving average to the upside yesterday, but the share price failed to clear resistance at this level amid the very, very short-lived post-OPEC oil price rally. Exxon closed Monday's trading session some 0.44% lower, and Chevron lost some 0.48% yesterday. Now, it's more interesting, in my opinion, to have a positive exposure to oil stocks, to big oil stocks, than to oil itself these days, because these big, big oil companies accumulated an enormous amount of cash during the post-pandemic months and during the Ukrainian war months when the prices went ballistic, and they can simply acquire their smaller rivals in the coming months to boost their revenue and to boost their growth. So that could also squeeze production in the medium to long run and push oil prices higher. Now, zooming out, well, there was really nothing super, super exciting about yesterday's trading session altogether. The S&P 500 actually did hit a fresh high since last summer, but closed the session 0.20% lower. Nasdaq 100, on the other hand, advanced to the highest level since April 2022, but the technology investors didn't really get the euphoria that they were looking for from Apple's new VR headset. So yes, you heard it, Apple finally revealed is much expected virtual reality headset yesterday and it was just after a stock price hit a record high but that 3500 US dollar worth of a headset failed to convince investors that it will be the next big thing for Apple because well one uh, Meta so Facebook Meta's VR headset failed big big time attracting users over the past year as the public interest actually seems to be well somewhere else right now like in I don't know, the AI bots, for example, and two, creating a prosperous market for something that costs something like 3,500 US dollars per headset and should perhaps be renewed is just not the easiest task for a company. I personally won't buy it or I won't buy it for now. So price-wise, Apple hit a fresh all-time high yesterday into the product reveal, but fell and closed the session below the $180 per share mark. I still like Apple and its expensive products, and I think that the stock is worth having in a portfolio of investments, but I wouldn't bet that its new VR headset will well, change the company's face in the foreseeable future. Elsewhere in technology, well, Nasdaq 100 is up by more than 35% since the start of this year only, which is, you know, totally, totally unexpected and a whooping, whooping performance, especially, especially if you think that during this period of time, well, the Federal Reserve actually continued hiking its interest rates and they did a bit less of quantitative tightening, obviously, due to the banking crisis back in March, and the yields fell sharply at some point due to the same reason, remember, but not many, many investors were actually expecting the big technology stocks to be the big winner of the year so far. Some actually were expecting them to kind of catch up their delay on the other stocks as the technology stocks have greatly, greatly underperformed last year, remember, but, but the thing is, Nasdaq's impression 
aggressive rally this year naturally raises questions in investors' minds regarding the sustainability of the recent gains. According to a Deutsche Bank report, actually, the volume of call option buying in technology and mega cap growth stocks is now nearing the highest levels of the pandemic era, which is kind of huge, and that despite the Federal Reserve's 500 base point rate hike so far since last year and its pledge to do more. So for now, we don't yet have signs of reversal in appetite for big tech, but it seems like it's going a bit stretch. But we have signs that the major central banks are not done surprising to the hawkish side just yet, because in this respect, the Reserve Bank of Australia hiked interest rate by 25 basis points to 4.10% at today's monetary policy meeting, defying economists' expectations of status quo, no rate hike. So fighting inflation apparently remains the priority primary focus, the bank said, and the Aussie dollar jumped past the minor 23.6% Fibonacci retracement on February to May retreat and cleared the 50-day moving average, which stands at 0.6660 level. The surprise hawkish move from the RBA, along with a rebound in iron ore prices, could further support the positive move in the Aussie dollar and send the pair above its 200-day moving average level, which currently stands a touch below the 67 cents level. And last but not least, Bitcoin fell more than 5% at yesterday's trading session after the SEC accused Binance and the CEO Zhao of being engaged in an extensive web of deception, conflicts of interest, lack of disclosure and calculated evasion of the law. Well, we saw last year that big, big crypto institutions and exchanges like Binance, uh, well, their misfortune could actually shake the cryptocurrency market altogether. But the cryptocurrencies themselves remain impressively resistant to any scandals in the cryptocurrency exchanges or in other cryptocurrency institutions. And the price dips that we might see in cryptocurrencies could actually be interesting opportunities for investors to buy these assets at discounted prices. Frankly, here I'm more worried about the rising interest rates around the world than another cryptocurrency exchange sandal. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Özkardeşköy and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading